We have Lechoira, a stira, regarding the schus that Klal Yisrael had that made them deserve to go out of Mitzrayim. On one hand, we have Chazal say they were zoicha because Lashinu Hashemom, Lashinu Smalbushehem, Lashinu Slashinum. We also have a Chazal that say it's because of the schus meal and carbon Pesach. In the Zohar, it has other schusim as well. Zakoyen inun Yisrael, diafal gaf tahavi begalusa de Mitzrayim, is tanru mikolhani telosa, minida, mibasel necho, umikitl zaro. Meidach gisa, Rashi says on the Pasuk where Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem, vachi yoitzi as bene Yisrael mi Mitzrayim, Rashi says, mazohu Yisrael shetaso lahem nes vioitziam mi Mitzrayim. And the Rabbeinu Shlilam answers, tavdun eloloi kimal hohor hazeh, meaning the schus of Kabbalah satayra. Says Rashi, Dover Godel Yeshli al Hoitzozu, Shahari Asidim le Kabul Hatayr al Harsinai. Now the Proshas Drochim asks that you see from here that if Klal Yisrael is in the future going to do a mitzvah, that mitzvah helps them today as a schus to get them out of Mitzrayim. He asks Akasha because the Medrash says by the Egel, the Sotan wanted to be Makatrig that Klal Yisrael is Osids to be over on the Egel. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it doesn't matter what they're going to do later, we only judge them the way they are now. So how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu use the schus of Kabbalah Satayra if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't use the kateger of the Maise Egel and the Cheshben? And he says the precious Drochim that it's a from Hashem's Midas HaChesed that only regarding mitzvahs he takes things into the Cheshben that are going to be done in the future, but regarding Averis that somebody's going to do, he doesn't. So the first question is, Moshe Rabbeinu's kasha, what schus are they going to have to make a nest that they can come out of Egypt? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't say, He says because later on, they're going to be Mechabal Torah and Har Sinai. What happened to all the schusim of Kabbalah Pesach, Brismil, Leishinu HaShemom, Nida, etc.? Second kasha is like this. If you're going to take into consideration mitzvahs that this Klal Yisrael is going to do, in the future, even if they're not Zoycha now, because they didn't do the mitzvah yet, then why stop at Kabbalah Satayra? They did plenty of mitzvahs after they left Egypt, after Kabbalah Satayra, especially after Kabbalah Satayra. They were Makayim, so many mitzvahs. Why doesn't Hashem just tell Moshe Rabbeinu all the mitzvahs that they're going to do? Why Kabbalah Satayra? You see, somebody may say, well, all those mitzvahs are included in Kabbalah Satayra, but it's not mashma like that, Alpipashtus. It says, Tavdun el holikim al hahor hazeh. It's the avoider that they did at Har Sinai, the Kabbalah Satayra. Otherwise, Hashem could have said, well, they're doing all sorts of mitzvahs, Klal Yisrael's Asidin Lasois. It's mashma that it was the Kabbalah of the Torah, not even the Kiyom of the Torah afterwards, that was the Zchus for which they came out of Egypt. And we must try to understand also what Zchus exactly is Kabbalah Satayra. We understand it's a Zchus that they were willing to commit to fulfill the Torah. But the mitzvahs that they were Takamakayim in Egypt, Lashin Rashimam, Lashin Asmal Bushehem, Brismila, Karben Pesach, and the other Schosim, it still wasn't enough to get them anywhere above the Memtes Share Tumah. They were Mamishin Memtes Share Tumah. And now a Schos only of not doing any mitzvahs but of committing themselves later to be Mekayim mitzvahs, to say Nasev and Ishma, whether they would be Mekayim those mitzvahs or not. Remember, they, they did the Egel. So just the commitment to do the mitzvahs, it's not like they were Mekayim a mitzvah with Kabbalah Satayra. I understand it's a schus, but it's a, what is in that schus that it could bring them from Memtes Shari Tumah 
which they were even after they did all the carbon uh, Pesach Brismila mitzvahs, to being able to have a nisim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim just by the Kabbalah, just by the commitment to fulfill the Torah that the other mitzvahs were unable to come close to doing. So in order to answer this, I want to be mocked him first of all from the Karen Ledovid in his Haggadah Chazdei David. The Karen Ledovid was a big goin. He was a Talmud of the Arugas Aboisem. And he says that the schus of Korban Pesach and the schus of Mila was really one schus. If you put them together, the schus is betochen. And here's how. Klal Yisrael rates on the Mitzrim. They shechted the Egyptian uh, Avoy Zora, and the Egyptians were angry at them. Now, Klal Yisrael may have thought that they could fight back against the Egyptians if they start off with them because they have 600,000 able-bodied men. But, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells them, do a bris milah. Now that they have a bris milah, they're unable to fight. They're weak, like, like Shechem. So another solution is maybe they'll run away, they'll hide, and, and the Mitzrim won't be able to find them until HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings them out. For that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, no, take the blood of the carbon Pesach, put it on the mezuzah, and stay in your house, meaning you're not going to hide. And on the contrary, you're going to advertise where you are, and you're not allowed to go anywhere else except there. So you can't fight back, you can't run, you can't hide. And Mamela, it was a big schus of betochen that Klal Yisrael had that they got out of Egypt. That's what the Karen Ledovid says. Now, I'm going to borrow the Karen Ledovid, use it in a different way, add something to it. But first, I need to be marked him one more Yisoid. And that's the Yisoid of the difference between Klal Yisrael and the Umois Ha'olam. Everybody knows Rav Saji Goyen's Memra, Ein Umoiseinu Umo El It means that Klal Yisrael is a different type of Am, than all the other Umois. All the other Umois, what makes them Umois? What makes an Am an Am? What makes the French the French, or the Canadians the Canadians? They have uh, a common uh, country, a common land, a common language, a common culture, common food, whatever it is that unites them. Common destiny, common history. And these uniting factors make them into what we call a, a nation. But none of these factors make Klal Yisrael into a nation. When we say Klal Yisrael is a nation, Am Yisrael, by the way, Am doesn't mean nation in the uh, contemporary political sense. The whole concept of a nation is only a few hundred years old. Prior to the advent of nationalism, people looked at themselves not as, let's say, Englishmen or Frenchmen united by these things, but rather subjects of their king. It was their king that they fought for in wars, it was their king that they obeyed, and they were like bottled to the king. Then came this thing called nationalism, that everybody is part of a nation, uh, you're a Frenchman, you're an Englishman, you're no longer a subject of uh, King Egbert, now you're an Englishman. Still, there always was such a thing as a guy, and it says about uh, Klal Yisrael in that sense, Uba goyim lo uh, it says there, refers to them as Mamlechas Kehanim Vagoy Kodosh, which means uh, that not that they are a Goy that happens to be holy in the same sense that other Goyim are, because Goyim Lo Yeschasha, but rather it's the Kedusha that makes them uh, into some a group of people that could be referred to as a Goy to begin with. And when we say Am Yisrael, the word Am doesn't mean, like they use it today in modern language, a nation. Am, uh, we say, for example, and this comes from a pasuk, 
Kaihanim Am Kedoshecha Kaomor, the Kaihanim are their own nation, or Noshim Am Bifneatzmanhain, the women of their own nation. Uh, am means more of a society. It's the best word I could think of offhand. A group of like minded people or people who are similar to each other in a particular way, uh, which is why a lot of times when it says Am, it says Oisemasa Amcha. They have to be like-minded. It's not just people united by some commonality. It's a similar type of people. And there were uh, people united by language, it seems. Even in the olden days, they were considered uh, united. Like we say, What do the words mean, Not that he elevated our language above other people's languages, but he elevated us above all loshoin. Well, uh, we're talking about people who speak certain languages, that they're united by their language. It's a uniting factor, even Bisman Hazed is. Uh, we are the Torah nation, which the Torah unites us, which is a different type, not only a more elevated, but a different type of unification than regular nations who are united by whatever factors, including their languages. And means that if Klal Yisrael would not have accepted the Torah, they would not be the Jews. They would not be the Am Yisrael. It's not the Pshat they'd be Am Yisrael without a Torah. They wouldn't be Am Yisrael. Uh, if some other nation would have been Mechabal the Torah, that other nation would have been the Am Yisrael. Not Klal Yisrael, not us. Whoever accepts the Torah is the Am Yisrael. In the Bali Musa, if I remember right, it was the Alta von Kelm who said that when the Goyim refused to accept the Torah because Maxiv Bey, Loisinov, Loisigzol, the Kasha is, what do we want from them? Why is that a Taina on them? Lachaira, that's the way they are. That's their Teva. That's the way their Bainishleilam made them those particular Amim that we're talking about. So what do we want from them? Like, you want them to be Mechabal the Torah, they talk about Taina. And the Teretz is that had they been Mechabal the Torah, they wouldn't have been those Amim anymore. They would have been Klal Yisrael, and they would have had a different Teva altogether. al kol it's a different type of unification, a different type of Am, Bechlal. And there are many ramifications of this. One of the ramifications is that all other Amim, they have certain things that help them survive, that help them flourish, that protect them from their enemies, that are considered success for them. Klal Yisrael is different. There's a marshal on the Gemara Schar Mitzvah Bahayal Moleka. He asks Akasha, if Schar Mitzvah Bahayal Moleka, how do we explain the Pasuk Vahoyim Shemoya, the Parhol Parsha in the Torah? It says, Vahoyim Shemoya, if you do the mitzvahs, these good things are going to happen to you. Now, these good things are happening in Olam Hazeh. If you don't fulfill the Torah, these bad things will happen, and these bad things are happening in Oil Hazeh. I, Schar Mitzvah, Bahayal Moleko, and the Masho has a big Yisoid. He says the whole idea of Schar Mitzvah, Bahayal Moleko only applies to an individual. An individual Yid can be Tzadik Veraloi, Rosh Avatoivloi. There could be reasons, Akadish Baruch, who perhaps, if he's a Rosh Avatoivloi, wants to give him his Schar in Oil Hazeh so that in Oil Habo he could get his punishment. There are all sorts of different cheshboinus that a person has. A person doesn't always get in Oilam Hazeh exactly what he deserves, but that's only with regard to the individual. With regard to Klal Yisrael as a whole, the fate of Klal Yisrael is they always get 
what they deserve al pischar v'oynish. There is no other factor that goes into the matzav of Klal Yisrael, their success, their failures, their suffering, or their flourishing, except schar v'oynish. When it comes to Klal Yisrael in Oilam hazeh, v'hoyom shemoyah, it's good, if not, not. This means that the only factor, the only factor that determines what happens to Klal Yisrael as a whole is mitzvahs and averis. For a regular person, there are all sorts of cheshboinus and reasons, but Klal Yisrael always get what they deserve, Klal Yisrael as a whole. There are only one thing that can stop Klal Yisrael from suffering, prevent them from suffering, end their suffering, and that's tshuva umasim toivim. There's only one thing that can cause Klal Yisrael to suffer, and that's averis. Nothing else goes into the cheshbin. There's no such thing as schar mitzvah b'hai al-moleka, when it comes to Klal Yisrael, the Rabbim as a whole. That's what the Marshal says. And this also means that the way Klal Yisrael survives, flourishes, has nothing to do with any Olam Hazadikah things. Uh, the only thing that affects them is Torah and Mitzvah. So as Rav Shach used to say, Esav got a bracha al That means if you have two Esavs, two nations, whoever has a bigger sword is stronger. He's the one that survives. He's the one that can conquer the other. But Yaakov Avinu did not get that bracha. Yaakov Avinu got a bracha, Vayitin l'choli kemital hashamayim. That means Klal Yisrael exists through schar va'oynish, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives. If Klal Yisrael has a bigger sword, they didn't get that bracha al It doesn't apply to them. It means nothing. Klal Yisrael has swords or guns or weapons or tanks. It means nothing. The only thing that does mean something is schar va'oynish. Now, yes, when Klal Yisrael went into war, they had to carry uh, swords and, and spears because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the world to be a world of Hesterponim. We don't want Lamailum and Hateva to be so blatant. But in this context, we must say over the story of Reb Chaim Briska, the Maskilim, used to make fun of the Yidden a lot. They, that was their thing. They used to mock and make fun of Torah Yidden. And one day they made a play, and it was about the Koyin Meshuach Melchoma. The Klal Yisrael was, going to prepare, was preparing to go to war. And the Meshuach Melchoma gets up there, and he says, okay, who wants to join the army? Thousands of people uh, come to volunteer. So then he says, okay, whoever just got married, go home. Some people go home. Whoever built a house, go home. Some people go home. Whoever is does Averis, even Averid Rabbonon, Hasoch Bein Tfila Litfila, go home. Whoever is scared of war because he has Averis, go home. At the end of the recruitment process, there are only two people left for the army, Reb Chaim Brisker and the Chafetz Chaim. Now, I'm guessing that this was uh, funnier than even I'm saying it over because uh, this uh, Reb Chaim was a big man, tall, big man, and the Chafetz Chaim was very, very small and frail, and putting them next to each other like that uh, probably looked in the eyes of the Maskilim as something funny. So they ran to Reb Chaim, and they asked Reb Chaim, what do we answer? Look what they said about us. Uh, what's, what's the pshat? So Reb Chaim says, let me see, let me see the script, let me see what they said. And he reads it, and it says uh, that they were told whoever just built a house and married a wife, go home. Reb Chaim says, very good, this is taka true. Uh, went to the next thing, whoever is soch ben tefila, go home, this is taka true. 
they also wouldn't take a mamzerim, by the way, in the army, because they needed schosovois. Now, there's nothing wrong with a mamzer himself. He didn't do an avera. A mamzer, Talmud Chochem, is a kaidim l'kain godel amoritz. But they don't have schosovois. Go home. All these things, Reb Chaim went through the whole thing, and he said every single thing they said is true. But they just left out one part. We won the war. That's how Klali Sol used to win wars. And, and it's not the pshat, it was, you can say it's all nisim, but the way it works is because Klali Sol is another type of am, that is the namalkite, that's the derechateva, so to speak, for Klali Sol. There is no other way Klali Sol survives, flourishes, falls, Rachman Lutzlan, except scharva oinish. If there are Jews that think that getting an army or guns or a country, or changing the Gashmiya factors that normally affect and impact Goyish nations are going to change the Matzav of Klal Yisrael, it's Mamish against the Torah. And if a person thinks that the things that affect the other nations affect Klal Yisrael, he doesn't know what a Yid is. He doesn't know what Klal Yisrael is. Einu moiseinu umo elabasairosa. Now, let's go back to answer the Kashas. This transformation of the Jews, of the people in Mitzrayim, from regular people who are impacted as a group by regular factors to Klal Yisrael happened at Kabbalah Satayra. As the Pesach says, Hayoim hazen and the Gemara Bracha says that's referring to Kabbalah Satayra. So now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ready to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim, and Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was the beginning of the process of creating a Klal Yisrael, L'hoitzi goimi kerav goi. It started the Hachona, the Hachona for Kabbalah Satayr. One could say even the process of Kabbalah Satayr began with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and that's Poshet Tepshat in the Pasuk, Tavdun el Holikim al Hohor Hazeh. Kabbalah Satayr started the process with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, or at least the Hachonas for Kabbalah Satayr, and culminated in, climaxed in Kabbalah Satayr itself when Klal Yisrael said Nasa Venishma. So two things happened when the Jews went out of Egypt. Thing number one, they went Mishibud Legula, Miavdus Lecheirus. They were freed from being slaves. The second thing that happened was, was the beginning of a process of the creation of a new type of people, a new type of Am, a type of Am that's not going to be affected anymore by swords or knives or anything al They're only going to be affected by schar va'oynish, a nation where v'hoyom shemoya is good for them, and if not, rachmon l'tzlan, not. So now let's go back to the Karen Ledovitz Vort. I'm going to borrow it and use it here. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells them, you are about to become Klal Yisrael. The last Makkah, right before you go out, here's what I want you to do. Let's see if you're ready. Let's see if you're willing to accept not the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are a different story. Are you willing to accept being Klal Yisrael? Are you willing to accept that from now on you're going to be subject to scharva oinish? The swords won't help you. The spears won't help you. M- nuclear bombs won't help you. You're only going to be affected by mitzvahs and averis. Are you ready to be the am of Vahoya im shomoya? If yes, other people would, many people would say no. They'd say, wait, no, it's not true. I don't want to do this. I don't want to make everything totally in my mitzvahs. I would like to be totally in uh, weapons and like everybody else. They'll feel more comfortable that way. But the truth of the matter is, Klal Yisrael really is the most in control of their actions. Other nations, they can't control if somebody else attacks them. Uh, 
or, or if there's an earthquake or a volcano that wipes them out. There are so many factors involved in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's cheshboinus of who to wipe out and who gets wiped out. But Klal Yisrael is, was always masters of their fate. Klal Yisrael always knew and still does know that if something bad happens, they can fix it. If something good happens, they can keep it. If yes, yes, if not, not. The Jews always understood. They were always masters of their fate. Nobody could harm Klal Yisrael. Everything is totally, only, and exclusively in Schar V'Oynish. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to the Jews, are you ready to be that Am? So here's what you do. You give yourself a bris milah. You b'makr of the carbon Pesach. They're going to be angry at you. But you have to know that you sit there, advert, you advertise, here I am, put a target on your own homes. Come get me. Here I am. I cannot fight back. I cannot hide. I cannot run. You need to understand that that's your future. This is your fate. And you are safer than anybody that has a gun in his house, any um that has nuclear weapons, because it's Lel Shimurim, because you did what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, because im shamoya. are you willing to accept that? Let's see. Sit there. You can't run. You can't hide. And you can't fight. You are a sitting duck. Al Alpiderachatev of the way the other Umois work. But you, you're safe. But not only that. That was a lesson in how Klal Yisrael protects itself. It was a lesson in the invulnerability of Klal Yisrael to physical enemies. The Makkah before that, the ninth Makkah, Makkah's Choyshech, the lesson was the same thing, but in the reverse. How does Klal Yisrael conquer their enemies? By having swords, by having bombs, that doesn't help anything. So what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was he said, the Egyptians are now sitting ducks. They were, they were there, glued to their chairs, could not move, they could not run, they could not fight. You were in their houses, you were in their drawers. You saw their property, and there they are sitting there, sitting ducks. For a few hundred years, they persecuted you, they killed you, they oppressed you. You have the opportunity now to kill them all and to run away, and they can't do nothing. But that's not how Klal Yisrael saves itself. That's not going to help. Had, by the way, Klal Yisrael done that, they would have, uh, chas v'shalom, ended up like the Bnei Ephraim for leaving Golos early, they all would have been killed because HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides when the Golos ends and if they try to end it early, Rachman Litzlan. But we had two lessons there, the last two Makis, Makis Choyshech and Makis Bechoyus. By Choyshech they said, this is not how we defeat our enemies. It doesn't work for us anymore. There is no Bechar Bechosichya. And they had to know that because they are about to experience Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which means the creation of Klal Yisrael. That's what's about to happen to them. They are now starting to become Klal Yisrael, and they need to commit themselves to it. And by the last Makkah, they said, this is how we protect ourselves, by sitting there, sitting ducks, not, not running, not hiding, not fighting. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to do this, Mamela, we're protected. And now, Lafi Zeh, we could understand why Kabbalah's HaTayra, Kabbalah's HaTayra Dafka, was the schus that they needed to get out. It's very possible. All the other schusim, Lashin Rashimam, and whatever other actual mitzvahs that they did, Nida, whatever the Zohar says, 
was enough of a, uh, enough of a schus, or enough schusim, to get them out, mishibud l'gula, miavdus l'cheiris, to free them, to make them into a free people. But there were two things that happened by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. They went miavdus l'cheiris, but they also became an Am Yisroel. The question that Moshe Rabbeinu was asking was not what schus do they have to go miavdus l'cheiris. They had all those schus, and that's what Chazal mean. When they said they did those mitzvahs, l'ashinu ha-shemom, they were able to go miavdus l'cheiris. But the question is, what schusim do they have to become Klal Yisrael, to become the Vahoyim Shemoya nation, to become the nation of Hashgacha, of Einu Moiseinu Uma El Besairosa, a new type of people that doesn't exist anywhere in the world, that's totally only in the Hashgacha of the Rabbi Nishleilam. On that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, for that, they're going to be Makabal the Torah. The fact that they're going to be Makabal the Torah, besides that they accepted upon themselves to be Makayim Mitzvahs, they also accepted upon themselves to be transformed into Hayoyim Hazen Niyesalaam, to become a new type of people that is not Tully anymore in Bachar Bachosechia, is Tully only in Hakodish Baruchus Hashgocha. And now all the Kashas of Yushav. I want to add one thing, a Shtikalatanya de Masayeli. There's a Chuva in the Igris Moshe where he has a Shaila regarding if a person's allowed to use English names, uh, non Jewish names. And in that Chuva, he says, Lule de Mistapina, if he wouldn't be scared, he would say that the Loshinu Shemom, Loshinu Smalbushehim, Loshinu Eslashinum only worked then because it was before Matan Torah. But after Matan Torah, it doesn't work like that anymore. Now the Torah, now Kiyom Ha Torah is the factor that produces those Milas. Now the Satmareba, he says uh, the same thing, basically, but without the Lule de Mistapina. Somebody once came to him. This is recorded in a, um, a Sefer Igrois Maharit. Somebody came to the Satmareb and he says, why do the Satmachsidim always use English names in business? I think he even used some examples. Martin, Ignatz, uh, Leopold. I, it says, Klal Yisrael got out of Mitzrayim because Lashinu es Shemam. And the Satan Rebbe told him, first, he dafka wants them to use English names when they deal with Goyim, something El Pikabola, I don't know. But then he says that anyway, the whole schus of Lashinu HaShemom al Lashonim that got them out of Golis, that was only because they were before Matan Torah. Bizman Hazer, that's not what's going to get them out of Golis. What's going to get them out of Golis is only Kiyom HaTorah. Now, Lafizeh, it's very good uh, why they needed the schus of Kabbalah's Hatayrin, Lashinu Hashimam, Lashinu Hashimam, Lashinu Hashimam was not enough. Because really, the schus that they got out of Mitzrayim, meaning the schus that they were Zoycha to become Klal Yisrael, is because they preserved their Jewish identity. But before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, while they were still in Egypt, they were doing so by Lashinu Hashimam, Lashinu Hashimam, Lashinu Hashimam. Those are the type of things that regular Umois are united by. And all that works until Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. They still needed a schus, the Rabbi Nishleim said. How are you going to act after you get the Torah? How are you going to act after you become Yid? Until now, you have the schus. But it's not, a schus doesn't work if we know that you're going to drop it. So the Kabbalah Satoira replaced what Lashinu Shimom did. The Lashinu Shimom and the commitment to be Makabal Torah Liyosid was all one big schus that they wanted to be Yidden. The only question is what united the Yidden. They wanted to be Kish Echod Echod. Beforehand, what makes them Kish Echod Echod was Lashinu Shimom, Lashinu Smal Bushem, Lashinu Slashonim. But you have to stay Kish Echod Echod. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? 
until now is Lashin Shimom. Mikan Ve'elech, it's the commitment to be Mekabal Torah. That makes you, and only that makes you from now on, are you willing to do that? Yes, so now that's the schus. They needed both, one before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and one after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in order to be able to get out of Egypt. We should all be zoiche to a Chag Koshev HaSameach, Afreilich and Yomtif, and a successful Hachona for Kabbalah Satoyrah.